Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I didn't like him. I just thought he was, he was, he, he didn't help the youngsters. He was very aggressive in his manner. And I think, I know the Cardiff fans loved him and all that because Cardiff fans always want to love somebody. They just let them what they do what they want. If they're not happy with a manager's decision, they're mm. going to tweet it. Um... I was at the train station and the Echo billboards were out where they put the news. And they said, Man United star signs for Cardiff City. I remember looking around Minion Park, empty, thinking, pitch was lovely. Oh, okay, let's see what happened. Out in the middle of the sea, <laughs> half hour before we were supposed to leave, keeper got it. And he come to the edge of the box. <laughs> and he wanted it on the edge of the box. And he could ping a ball. Hey guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. Special edition of my story because Derek did a, my story in the very first series, but uh, we've come back for some extra stories and extra chat as it were. Going to talk some current football as well, but uh, delighted to be joined here at Eat Sleep Media by former Manchester United and Cardiff City defender, Mr. Derek Brazil. How are you, buddy? I'm good, mate. I've got here, you know, through the Iver storm, this big yeah. massive storm that's here. Didn't, to get here. didn't quite come, dodged all the trees and the, uh, the, well, the, well, the roofs. Five trees, drove over them. Jeez. That's the way, mate. So, yeah, like obviously, we've done uh, my story and you kind of talked about your career a lot when we did it on the internet, but I think it's a bit better isn't it? in person. We can have a oh, pro- yeah, yeah. proper little chat. So, we're going to talk all sorts of stuff, I think, today. But um, we'll start with like the modern stuff. What's going on with the with your teams, and you'll notice, by the way, mate, I left out Swansea this time because you had a, you complained to me that I said ex Swansea City defender the last time. Yeah, that was before I came to Cardiff, and yeah. unfortunately, they couldn't pay <laughs> any money for me because they were skint <laughs> and still skint. Yeah, still <laughs> skint today. So we left them out. Yeah. But um, how do you think your former clubs are doing at the moment? We'll start with Cardiff. It's been up and down a couple of years, really. Do you think they're settling a bit now? Yeah, I think, I mean, initially uh, we had the Warnock years, didn't we? Um, 
and he, he did a job and I think we were so bereft of any success and when he took over we were toured from bottom and you know eventually kept us up then got us promoted but I think Cardiff City fans are used to a style of play and I think eventually his shelf life you know just went yeah. um, and we've had you know you had Mick McCarthy in uh, I played with Mick McCarthy um, in B Internationals for Ireland and I knew what he was like and what is he like? Because I was not happy when he was appointed at all, for various reasons. I just didn't think he was a man for the job. I was quite vocal about it on my shows, but I'm interested in someone who knows him and, or someone who played with him and stuff. Like, what's... With McCarthy, you, get, you know his style. Mm. You know, um, and you know, he came in, I think he had seven, seven or eight decent results. We finished the season okay. He signed a you know, two-year contract, but his style of play was never going to please the... Cardiff fans. Um, it was the right time to get rid of him. I mean, like I say, I played with Mick um, in 1990 uh, when he was coming back from injury from the first uh, international team. Mm. I didn't like him. I just thought he was he was he, he didn't help the youngsters. He was very aggressive in his manner, and it was his way, you know, and no way. But I was always on tenterhooks, you know, have, you know, still currently working down at Cardiff City. It was very difficult at times to, to assess games after the game with Gary Bell. And, but, you know, for, for me, he was probably the wrong choice of manager, but, you know, he's picked up a lot of jobs. And the club did a great decision by bringing in Morrison and, and Tom Ramasset. Tom's a good friend of mine. Mm. Tom, I actually played football with Tom, and I was his manager at Halford West. Ah, OK. So I know Tom, I know how he thinks, he's a great football brain. And him and Morrison seem, after a shaky start, you know, you look at the last, you know, five games or whatever, they, you know, their, their philosophy. Uh, I don't know Morrison, but I know Tom, and his philosophy is to try and play football. And I think the best thing we've done is the, the new recruits we brought on in January. A lot yeah. of people said it was, the, oh, they're not big enough names, but Does they yeah, so well. I mean. You know, the game when we, we beat uh, Nottingham Forest 2-1 and he get, he, you know, both you know, Morrison and Ramos give the boys all the debuts and they just worked. And the Cardiff City fans, you know, sorry, give 100%, you know, and that little bit more. If you get beat, you get beat. Yeah. But, he's, you know, they've, they've really turned around now, haven't they? Yeah, 100%. I think um, one of the things is, like with Warnock, he did it, you're right, he'd done a job he did well, he was successful, not interested in developing the youth players, not interested in promoting academy players really. Same with McCarthy, McCarthy plays very one-dimensional football and also not, you know, he's not looking into the academy to blood these no. players unless he's literally got nothing else. And I think the one thing you've seen straight away with Steve Morrison and Tom and then you've got Mark Hudson there as well, and, and Darren Purse, who I had in you a couple of weeks back, who's doing the, the 23s, is they all seem to be straight away, even in a short space of time, they seem to be off the same hymn him sheet. Um, you've got academy players in the first team, but you've also, the players they put in from on loan, all young players really, mm -hmm. they haven't really brought anyone in who's vastly experienced. Um, and I spoke to Rodri, because um, the, the boy Doyle, who's come from Man City, and obviously Rodri's up in Manchester, and he, so I sort of said to him, 
and he mates know if he's any good. And he sent me a voice note from a friend of his who's a Man City season ticket holder. And they spoke so highly of him. They said, like, he is, he just needs games. He's, he's at an age where he just needs to play. And if you play and you give him the ball, he'll, he'll do it. And from the very first moment he came in, I think he's made a difference to, to the way the team plays and how Cardiff play. And it's ironic, really, because I think part of the reason Kiefer Moore hasn't worked in the last 12 months for Cardiff, or didn't work for Cardiff, is we weren't getting the ball into the box for him and we weren't able to use his strengths as we had previously and as he does for Wales. Like, he relies on, that, on crosses and things like that. And I think he's now gone and suddenly we've got a midfield and a team who are yeah, putting they, the ball through and putting they, the ball in the box. You know, you know, the manager's brought in players who are hungry and trying yes. to prove themselves. You know, they're on, you know, the the edge of their own like you know football clubs. But going back to Coy for more, his head was turned in 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 the summer. Yeah. And he didn't want to be here. Didn't want to be here. And like, and I think I know the Cardiff fans loved him and all that because Cardiff fans always want to love somebody. Yeah. But and they me, want Welsh players, mate, as well, don't yeah, they? Yeah. Like, I just think he, you know, he does so well for Wales. I understand that, but. You could see when I think it was West Ham put a bid in from or somebody else, but he wasn't he wasn't interested, you know, in the long run. I think with Coy for more, I don't know him, but his body language, you know, whether he started or played, wasn't good enough for me. No, I I I, I didn't really see what what he was doing for the club. And to be honest, when they got shot of him for three million, happy days. Yeah, I was more disappointed that they got so little for him after having such a bit, you know, a bigger bid. In the summer, they'd kind of lost a bit of money on him, yeah, but, but such is life, though, isn't it? Be down to like contract mean, status and stuff. He as might well, want more money from the club. It was buying him. Yeah, but you look the lad now. The lad Huggle they brought in from Norwich, championship striker. Straight is, away, he? yeah, but like straight away he wants to prove himself. Work hard. You know the lad from um, uh, not Middlesbrough. Is it Middlesbrough? So you got the striker from Middlesbrough, haven't you? Yeah. And then you got the boy from Stoke want, as well. They want to prove themselves. Yeah, you know, every uh, single one of them, though, isn't it? Yeah, and, and you, you, I know what it's like when you, when you come to Cardiff City to play. If you put the effort in, and you know the fans will just take you, they'll take you on board. I just felt with Kai for more, he, he kind of believed in his own, his own hype a little bit, maybe. Thing, you know? <coughs> My thing with him was when he's a Wales, when he's surrounded by Bale, Ramsey, superstars, legitimate superstars mm. who've won trophies around the world. He's not a big fish then, is he? He's a kind of little fish in yeah, a, they, in a big pond. The looks of Bale and Ramsey were lacking. So he, exactly. So he works he, for Wales. Yeah. He's running the channels, working hard, pressing. All the hard work that you want your, your number nine who plays up front on his own to be doing. Which is Wales' number nine as well. Yeah, exactly that. And then he comes, comes back to Cardiff a week later and he'd be not running the channels. He wouldn't be pressing. Yeah. He'd be wandering about. He'd be slouching his shoulders, moaning. And you're like, the, mate, so we've all just seen three, you two days ago. There's a reason he's had three, four, five clubs. Yeah, there's some in, some in there, So, there? you know, and, I mean, he's got the Bournemouth now. I mean... If I was guessing, Derek, I'd say he will go to Bournemouth. Once he gets fit... They he'll, get promoted, he'll they'll get, sell him on. Yeah, exactly that. But if they don't get promoted, he'll get fit, he'll have a good season next season, score 20 goals, and then he will either move on to a bigger club yeah. or... The next season, you'll have the same issues with attitude and work rate and things like that. Because that's like it's like a it's like a reoccurring thing. Not just for him, for you know, there's a lot of footballers, yeah. and unfortunately, it's one of my 
big bugbears with a lot of young Premier League footballers. They get so much before they've even gone into the first team, a lot yeah. of them, that they're not interested in doing the hard yards. I, like Recently, I've spoken to a couple of ex-players and they've been like... Um, Tell me stories about like players who won't go down to the championship to play on loan. They'd rather sit on the bench and you know just collect their paycheck. And it's quite for one of the questions: Quite for more a Premier League player or a Championship player? I think he's got the talent to play in the Premier. League. I think he's good enough to play in the Premier League. He's got goals in the Premier League, but, but you've got to no, work as on well. On a regular got basis, I don't know. But hang on, let's not slag him off. No, he's, he's done all right. Yeah. In Canada, no, he's, he's, he's done probably really just well like Wales and which players do. Um, you know, you can't blame him at times, but. You know, when when you when he had that adulation from the Cardiff City fans, I would have seen just a little bit more effort from him. You know? I think it's a fair, fair. I think it's a fair criticism, but also, how difficult is it when you're at, I don't know, whatever club, Cardiff, anywhere, who's a lower league club or a, a club lower down, and once you get that interest from a bigger club, or a club higher up the league, or a club in the league above, how difficult is it to get your head down and? ignore that because you know that that bids come in from West Ham or whoever it is so you kind of you it's, it has to be difficult to think like when things aren't going well for him at Cardiff and he's got Covid for the second time and he's not playing he must be thinking oh what if I'd gone to West Ham in the summer I'd be in yeah, London possibly. doing this I mean, and that. The, the, the world is different from when I played because mm. you know you've got agents now of course I, mean, yeah. I had an agent but like there's so much more agents now just filling your head with all this, you, you can double your money here, yeah. you can just, and, and it is difficult, everyone's got families, and you know, just my, my thing was, I just did, don't think he gave enough for Cardiff when, when he did play. I think it's fair enough, and I think, um, look, back on Steve Morrison, I think he deserves tremendous credit for yeah. the transfer window he had, because I said at the, at the start of January, on the show with Rodri, I said, Cardiff in big trouble because they've got no money to spend, they've got a small squad, and they are getting closer and closer to relegation. So they need to do something. I don't know how they're going to do it because they haven't got the money. And he's wheeled and dealed and he's moved a few players out and he's got these loans in. Loans, of course, they're not long-term um, solutions, aren't they? But he's got to do what he's got he's to do. Got the best, the best of the under-23s in. Yes. And he's got, a, he's got players in who will link up with, with the squad he has now. So I think he's, I think the both of them have done a great job, and you know, at the moment obviously we're closer to the playoffs, and we're. And wasn't the case. Wasn't the case a month ago, was it? No, so I think some great results, and you know, the, the recent game against Coventry, Coventry are no mugs, you know. My ex teammate Mark Robbins manages them, and he's made a good career out of the game, but it's you know, can can we keep it going now to the end of the season? You know, once we're out, we're kind of out of that drop zone. Yeah. What's the mentality now of the players and the management has to be right? Let's see, see, if I see can we go. can go. Because yeah, it's funny enough. I said this last night on last night's show. Is is that my worry is that we get safe, but we're too far away from the playoffs, and your season kind of fizzles out a little bit because you're not in yeah. danger and you haven't got really anything to strive yeah. for. But that's down to the manager, I think, to you know to say to the players, okay, because. I would like to think if they continue to do what they do, they'll probably get the job full-time next year. Yeah, I think so. I can't see any other way the club would bring anyone in. Um, so it is a case of the managers going, OK, do you want to be part of the squad next year? So 
Okay. Yes. So what about um, your other former club, Manchester United? What's going Garbage on there? Garbage at the moment. Garbage. I can't watch it. I Do you find it frustrating, mate? Because I look at those players and there is, I'd say, whichever combination of starting lineup, I'd say there's quite regularly eight or nine players not trying their best. And then you'll have Bruno Fernandes and De Gea trying, at least trying their best. And then you've got the rest of the team just seem to have a really bad attitude. Um, I've never in my, I'm 40 now, and I've followed United relatively closely for, you know, since I can remember. And I've never known so many leaks to come out of a dressing room as what's come out in, in the past, since Fergie's left. How many, just, pe just, just people leaks, leaking stories. Leaks are easy. I mean, and it's mostly the, the players are unhappy. And you think about United this season, Solskjaer was in charge at the beginning, Solskjaer, Kind of try to keep everyone happy. Mm. You know, the club has decided to bring in, you know, Ralph Rangnick as an interim manager, and then with with the purpose of staying on. There's lots of confusion at United at the moment, which, like, you got the Glazers who are, you know, I mean, they're just in it for themselves. Yeah. Um, but then you look at the, the players United have. Um, I was speaking to my mate yesterday, and I said. Teams like Liverpool and Man City, at least three, at least three years ahead of us in terms oh. of players they yeah. have. And I, I was going through the whole Man United team, and I, I, I hate Liverpool with a passion. Mm. And there's only probably one player on, you know, on their own form will get in the Liverpool team, and that's Bruno Fernandes. Because if you look at the back four, none of the back four will probably get in Liverpool's back four. Fred and McTominay wouldn't get in there. He wouldn't get in the squad, I think. Sancho wouldn't get in instead of Mane. You've got, you know, Rashford or Greenwood wouldn't get in instead of Salah. You've got Jota, Firmino. So really, Bruno Fernandes would probably be the only one on form that would get in. But like, I think you've got leaks in that, in that changing room for players who are unhappy. You've, got, mm. you've had a seat, you've also had like <coughs> the World Cup, uh, sorry, the, the Euros this year, where you've had Maguire's had a Tough time. He's got. He said he's off the field problem on holiday. You got Shaw. You got Rashford. You know. I still Sancho wasn't played. I still, they're feeling the effects of that. But to play for Man United, because I was there for a while, it is a lot of pressure, mm. and some people can't handle it. And, and you can't. You you you've got. To, I think when you play for Man United, you you've got to go out and think right. Okay, especially at home when they struggle this year. You've got to go out and think, okay, okay, we're playing. I'm playing for Man United, I've got the shirt on. You know, you chuck in Ronaldo as well. He scored 14, 15 goals. But the criticism he's had for not closing down and not doing this. And now you've heard today you've got Maguire and him fighting over the captaincy. It's not right at the moment. It's, it's not right at the moment. And it's, you know, as, as a Man United fan and a Carlisle fan, I've watched the last four games and I knew as soon as like uh, Southampton had scored, as soon as um, Burnley had scored, I knew that was it. Mm. The confidence just goes. Whereas years ago, even oh. if the other team scored, you'd be thinking, oh, the United are going to score anyway. So they, like, you just expected it, didn't you? I think you're going back to the likes of like the team we had, Schmeichel and you know, Vidic. You always expected them to those late oh, yeah. goals, didn't you? You, you, you was if you look given back at that team that you're talking about, the late goals, 
the midfield alone was Keane, Scholes, Beckham and Giggs. Yeah. You know, and then you had a, a choice of four up front and Van Nistelrooy, Rooney, Tevez. The, you're talking about and quality. And players. That United team is probably equivalent now of what Liverpool have in terms of they can leave Options, Jota yeah. and bring Diaz in. Mm. You know, they can leave, you know, Canate uh, out and bring Matip in. So they've got that that spell now, and they'll probably have that now for the next three or four years until they start to get old, and then it's down to the manager if he stays. No, I think Gerard will be in there probably in five years, within five years. I think it depends how he does. I think he's. He started well. I know. So I got to say, by the way, Liverpool mates. Yeah, you brought them up. Yeah. You opened the door. They. um, I got too many Liverpool mates. Ah, it's the same as me. Preferred in COVID when I didn't see them. To yeah. be honest. <laughs> they, um, Liverpool would be running away with the Premier League if Man City weren't so good, basically. Yeah, I think Man City. They've got ev- they've got everything for now, haven't they? Like everything. Because they run properly. Which, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. The, the, run... the, the people who have come into that club. Um, they, they've they've done it right. They've set out like a six seven year plan of like right. Let's get the right. We'll go through a few managers. Get the right manager. Let's let him pick the players. And I mean, but you know what they, they could drop. They, they, they could have five players off through illness and bring five in and yeah. just as good. And they've got a few academy players who are good as well if yeah. they need them. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And I think the thing with the, the Man City owners, people always jump on it, don't they? Oh, Man City wouldn't be there where they were without the money, etc. But like ultimately, they stay out of the football side of things. They, 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 if they need a player, they sign it. You know, they, they stay out of it. They let Pep get on with it. Whereas the Glazers kind of always seem feel, you always feel like they're penny pinching and they don't want to yeah. break the bank for Haaland or, you know, whoever it may be. Like, when those chances have come up, even with Sancho, they signed him a year later than what, you know, they wanted to get him because they, yeah, they were arguing over it's, it's two million wrong. or something. It's, it's all wrong in many ways. Cause, and it was summed up, um, I think it was our last game, Cardiff in the Premier League. Mm. We won up there and beat Man United 2-1. I was actually at the game and I remember saying to friends that was there and I said, oh, Cardiff will win today. And they were like, you stupid a lot. Mm. I watched Pogba stroll around, I watched uh, Martial stroll around. It was the last game of the season. We got 75,000 people who paid 50 quid, 60 yeah. quid, 70 quid a ticket. But the players, I think, United now, have been let, I mean, you mentioned Fergie. They're just let to what they do, what they want. If they're not happy with a manager's decision, they're mm. going to tweet it. Oh, I, mean, the... I mean, okay, I know media, social media is totally different now, but you wouldn't tweet something like if Eddie May says something to me. You wouldn't run into the papers to tell him, right? Like I wouldn't go, up, go home and think, all right, and I'm going to make a tweet about it. You just, you know, it's it's just it's it's, bonkers. To be well, I um, a couple of things with that. Like so, I suggested yesterday that the one of the problems with the the glaziers and and Woodward and this is 
their kind of things for success are top four, social media followers, commercial success. Whereas what they actually should be looking at is the playing squad, the facilities, the, the you know the, the state of the stadium, the training mm. facilities, the trophies won, things like this. They're not interested in that side no, of things. They are only money. interested in the commercial success. That's the first problem. Well, what do you think Woodward kept his job so long? Because he made Could them like 570 million or something. Exactly that, but, but so failed how many times picking no. a manager. It's, it's unreal. So I want to put this question to you just to kind of finish up on the current stuff. Um, so Rodri said yesterday, he said, um, I asked him, if you were picking the next Manchester United manager, who would you pick? And he kind of you know, talked about a few different candidates and whatever. And he said, look, if, if Ryan wasn't having the issues he's having, he would be in the conversation, but he's not. So that's that. He said, I would give it to Wayne Rooney. And I was like, it's very early for him. And he said, but he's the only one who will go, be able to go in there get the respect of those players because he's not long retired and he's won everything, etc. And he's also got the mentality of a Roy Keane, of a Fergie. He won't take any of this crap with leaks and, and social media and all the, you know, all the rest mm. of the ridiculous things that happens within that playing squad. He will nip that in the bud straight away. And he kind of talked me into it by the end of it. Like, and, and he said, like, his thing was like, you, you give it to him, you give him five years and you say, Build some, you know, build us back to where we should be. If that means that you've got to get rid of half the playing squad, in your opinion, then that's what you do. But mm. I think it's, I still think it's a little bit early for him. But he's got a true love for the football club, and there's no doubt in his mentality. Yeah, I mean, I'm against, particularly big clubs, against ex-players coming back as managers. Okay. You can see it with Solskjaer. He was given more time than he should have been. Yeah. You know, someone like Brian Robson, who was manager of uh, Middlesbrough at the time, if Fergie hadn't lasted that long, Robert would have, would have got a job. Yeah. Um, Mark Hughes as well, Mark probably would have been around well. if he you hadn't know, gone Steve to Man City. You've got, you've got players who are fantastic at, at, um, at Man United. With Rooney, uh, I don't even judge him at the moment because he is fighting a losing battle at Derby in terms doing of. Doing an unreal they're job, doing, though. They're doing brilliant, but. Elevating to Man United, so you, you give him the Man United job. I can see where Rodri's coming from, but he's not going to get five years. No, the fans wouldn't mean. give him five yeah. years. The club wouldn't give him five years. But elevating to that that thing, and okay, you'd have the respect and he'd tell him. But so would Roy Keane. You know, Roy Keane could go back and be like Rooney. You know, Roy Keane's probably done more in management than Rooney, but he has. Roy Keane, uh, he's people, had success, he's people had slag him off. I think. Kino, Kino's one of those His people, right? management's He's, been pretty good. But it won't work. I, I, personally, for me, I think the next manager should be Graham Potter. It's interesting. Look for a young I manager. said Brendan Rodgers in January, but he's, he's done a bit block. damage. He's been around the block, he has. So, <coughs> if you're going to look at... They've, they've talked about Pochettino, they've talked about oh, Ten Hag. Pochettino. And Ten Hag, it? okay, he's done brilliant with Ajax. Mm. Okay? But the Dutch League is totally different from the Premier League. Pressures are totally different. And will he get that time to do it? Whereas Graham Potter knows the league. You know, he's, you know, I know he was at Swansea. He's gone to Brighton. Brighton played some good football with young players, with a mixture of older ones. You give Graham Potter a three-year, four-year contract, and go in there now, you are in charge of that. 
you bring your own backroom staff in. Because the way he plays is, is, and I don't think Graham Potter, like, he's been under pressure a few times at Brighton, but for me, if you're going to go for a young English manager or British manager, mm. I'd rather have him than Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers has got baggage. And what I mean by baggage is that people go in there and say, you would say, oh, Brendan Rodgers, new manager. You'd have half the Man United fans going, yeah, he needs to be a manager, Liverpool manager. manager. Yeah. You know, you've got Ten Hag, you go, oh. When Ragnick came in, everyone, two press conferences were going, oh, this is my manager, I love him, I love him. A few results go the wrong way, a couple of dodgy like, team selections, and they're like unsure now. Mm. So, Social media though, isn't it? It's uh, changed the way fans are. Oh, yeah, but it's, it's, like, uh, it's like Twitter, Stupid, isn't it? Now. You know, something can be trending. <laughs> Something's trending and it's like, oh yeah, let's just join that. But there's, there's so many good players at United, like Rashford, he's lost his way. So you need a manager to come in and say, okay, you're my, you're my, you're my centre forward. Because I don't think Ronaldo will be next year, Matic will be there, Mata, uh, Martial. You know, Pogba's out of contract, Pogba's isn't he? Pogba's out of contract, I mean. The Pogba thing's weird though, mate, because like, since they signed him, they the fact that they signed him and then haven't signed a holding midfielder to then allow Pogba to go and do what he does for France and what he did for Juventus is beyond, is beyond me, regardless of whether you, people think he's overrated or he's as good as he thinks he is or all the different things that get thrown at him. He's in your squad. If he's in your squad and you're going to have him for whatever, five years they've had him, but you're not going to do your best to yeah. build a, a side that's going to do him. I love Pogba on his day. Absolutely love him, but he needs protection. He needs to legs have that behind bit of free him. Roll. I mean, unfortunately, that the players he's had behind him have got no legs. Matic. How how is the club like in terms of Solskjaer and Woodward? If they're in charge of everything like that now, why have they let it go to a point where he's down to his last six months of his ninety million pound player and he's out of contract well, in a couple of weeks? Fergie got rid of him, fought him back for ninety million, and never getting rid of him again. So like it's. I, 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 to be honest, depending on where we finish, I think Pogba is holding out for whatever he wants in terms of money. He'll get that though, he'll get the money side of things, won't he? There's only PSG I can actually see who would want to. Yeah. But I, 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 if Madrid, he, if he's maybe. the team he's playing, I don't know. Depends on the next manager as well. But then you've got United players at the moment, so many egos in that team. Yeah. If they did appoint someone like Graham Potter, would they think, oh, yeah, not for me. Bad attitude towards him, yeah. and they straight away, who's he? Like, what's he ever done in the game? That's what they would say. Well, and play, I think some players are thick, aren't they? To be yeah. honest. Well, yeah, that's it. Like, people look at look how the way they're treating Ranyak, who's largely like, responsible for people like Klopp and and um, the guy at uh, the Chelsea manager. I forget his name now. Whatever you, when you're at United, whether you're a manager, a coach, a player, a physio, a tea lady. The standards have to be so high. If you fall below that, you will get criticised. And more and more now, like through social media, you'll just get slated. But the thing is, Odell, right? It's whatever job, isn't it? Like, if whatever your job is, you've got a certain level that's expected of you in that job. If you don't hit that level, then you can expect criticism, whether it's in the yeah. form of a yearly review in a day-to-day -day job, like or it's football. At the, moment, and at the moment, and I'm not just talking about United, I think players in general, Snowflakes. Yeah, just, they cannot accept um, criticism, whether it's from fans or whether 
I get social media is is, is a curse at times. Right, yeah. If you don't like it, don't read it. Mm. But they do get criticism. And they can't take it. They can't take it. And like you know, we all we all take criticism. I get criticism from my missus, my job, from you know players used to watch me play. It's of course you do. But you I take it and just and you got you got to man up a little bit. I don't think United players they need to man up a little mm. bit and play for the badge and play for the shirt and like. Like the Cardiff City boys have done recently, you know? And some of these boys came in, what, five weeks ago? Knew nothing about the club. If you're at a club that doesn't want you and you're not playing, you will jump at the chance to go out on loan to any club. And I bet out of the five, six lads, they were, the manager's gone, Cardiff room for you. Deadline day. We need you to go. They would have gone, yeah. They wouldn't have gone, finally out. Yeah. yeah. They've just gone, I just want to get out and I want to play. I just need to myself. play football. But once they've got here, you can see once they've got now and settled in in the last five games, the passion from the fans, the manager obviously and, and, and Tom Ramos are instilling them what the club is about. Yeah. And now, I reckon there was five or six players, probably three of them will sign anyway, if we can. I'm just surprised. And the thing is as well, when you bring in those loan players, mate, who've barely played, they've only played under-23s football in the Premier League, so they're not used to the, the atmosphere of a championship no. game and things like that. And that's an easy bug to catch, isn't it? Playing in front of that many fans, the atmosphere, the, you know, yeah, everything which football. comes with it. Yeah. It's real football. Reserves, when I played, or under-23s, as, as it has been over the last few years. It's nothing, is it? Once you go there, it's real football. Mm. So like, real football is, like, totally different. And when you've got, especially when we played at Ninian Park, I remember playing my first game, and the ball bank was just rammed. And it was like, I think my first game was, I don't remember now. Julian, mm. the first game. But then we played Bristol City and we beat them 1 0 on a Tuesday night and it was mental. And I remember, and I, was, I, was, I only come on a, a month long. But after two weeks, I, I was sold. Yeah, sold on the you club, were there. on the fans, on, on what Eddie wanted to do. And, you know, after two weeks, I ended up signing them full-time so it was yeah it was one of them years ago. yeah well let's 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 move on to those years mate so let's do a bit of story time with Derek Brazil this is what <laughs> I've been looking forward to what time is so, this going out though yeah sorry you can go out it's my channel isn't it? so I can your channel go whenever yeah. so what like you know yeah. ask me some questions no I try I'd, I'd like to like when things which has kind of struck me recently where I had the opportunity to speak to people in person mm. is obviously it's a bit different now because when you've got the internet there's like a little bit of a delay and there's yeah. all these different things whereas you can have a proper conversation when you're kind of here and one thing I've really enjoyed is like listening to Dan Pearce and Lee Jarman and, and these kind of ex-footballers just talking mm. about the old days their stories coming up you know pre-season tours all the rest of it like so you came to you came to Cardiff on loan didn't you initially mm -hmm. Uh, how did I sort of come about and like were, was you keen to come down here at first? Well to be honest I mean the year before um, Fergie had said to me um, I'm saying you're alone mm. and I said where and he said Swansea so bear in mind obviously I'm in connections with Cardiff then and since I went like, like I said a few minutes ago I wanted to go out and play real football. So I, I went to Swansea. Frank Burroughs was the manager. So I went there in a three month loan. Um, 
and it was tough. You know, I, I you know I played. Terry Connor played, and Leggy was in the team, and John Cornforth and people like that, and Jason Bowen. Mm. And it was my first taste of real football. I'd been to Oldham for a month on loan, but like three weeks was that with snow, so I played one game. Yeah. And I was at Bristol Rovers. Um, so to go to Swansea was like, okay, I don't know any rivalry about Cardiff City, Swansea. It was just. Just wanted to play football. Me, club wants me to play. So I played there for three months. Um, and after the three months, they, they turned around and said, Frank Willis said, we'd like to sign you. Um, him and Fergie met um, in a, uh, what do you call it? What, the motorways? The service, service station. station yeah. And they were sat across from me. I was sat with the Swansea team at the time. And uh, they were trying to do a deal. So anyway, Fergie called me across. And uh, as, as, as I came across, Frank Burroughs was walking away. And Fergie says, you're coming home, son. I said, oh, okay, what's happened then? He said, I can't afford a fee. So, okay. So, I played the game that night, and the next day I went back to um, Old Trafford. And, uh, I knocked on Fergie's door, and I said, uh, why couldn't I afford a fee? How much are you asking for? And he said, oh, 250 grand, which was a quarter of a million mm. at the time, which Swansea couldn't pay, probably can't even pay now, yeah. to be honest. So I went back to United for another year. He asked me to go to loan on Wrexham. I refused. Okay. Any uh, reason? Yeah, because I just thought, no, I, I don't want to, to be honest. I, not because of any league position they were in. And then obviously, you know, as a year went past, he offered me a two-year contract. Okay. Now, he offered me a two-year contract because, in his words, at the time where Pallister and Bruce are coming towards the end of their career, you, you know, I can see you get in. But I was thinking, hang on, no, you, you want to give me two year contract so you can charge money for me. Yeah. So then he, he said to me one day, I got a bit fed up, he said to me, Cardiff City, I've come in for you. Um, and you're going. So, all right then. Mm -hmm. So I got the train down, and I'm getting the train out of Cardiff. And still in my mind, I didn't think of the Cardiff Swansea rivalry. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't live here, I didn't understand how ferocious it was. So I got here. Eddie May met. In fact, I actually got off the train and I remember standing um, outside the train station in the Echo billboards, whatever, where they put the news. And they said, Man United Stars signs for Cardiff City. So I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, and believe it or not, this chap came behind me, just kind of pushed me out of the way. <laughs> and he went, Oh, who's that? Who's that? Oh, I bet it's Cantona. I bet it's. No. Turn around, right? I didn't know the rubber at the time. Mm. But it was Die Hunt. Mm, Jesus. So everyone knows Die Hunt. Yeah. And it was him. And uh, I turned around, I didn't say anything to him. So I went and met Eddie. Eddie took me out of the pitch. There was no one there. It was a beautiful sunny day. And he said, Listen, son, he said, This is going to be unbelievable here. He said, I've got you on loan, but I watched it with Swansea last year, and I'd like to sign you. But it's a month long at the moment because the chairman, Rick Roy, said, Let's just see how we get on. So I remember stood standing there looking at Eddie thinking, God, he's just a big boy. He's a big boy. I remember looking around Minion Park, empty, thinking, pitch was lovely. Okay, let's see what happens. The slope in the pitch, like the, the hump in it. Oh, uh, yeah, it was, it was just, uh, I remember looking at it and Eddie sold it to me that day. Yeah. So I remember being there. I actually stayed, we played, I think it was the first game of Brighton, second game, played Walsall away. 
and I, I, for the first two weeks I stayed with Eddie so I lived okay. with him and Marlene in their guest house amazing and and he was brilliant Eddie with me he was like he wanted to sign me after two weeks um, and weirdly enough I mean the money I was on at, at Man United it more or less doubled coming to Cardiff three, three divisions down or two divisions down it's quite mad, isn't it? It, it was it was mental, eh? but the reception I got from the Carrots, especially France, at that time, because oh, it was. I mean, to different to era. Go, like, the, the reception I got off the Carrots fans was, in the first game was great. Because Man United is a big name, so they're expecting things. Yeah, and you know I've had I've had, had four wonderful years there, made some great friends, played some great lads, some great nights out, and well, a couple of. I married a few people. <laughs> <laughs> that's my son of the old yeah. Bosh, just like just that. Just gone. Yeah, you know. Oh, gone. But um, what was it like, like in terms of uh, off the field camaraderie in those days? Obviously, it's a different, a different era, really, wasn't it? In terms of like these days, you got sports science and and this type of thing, and and um, they're all very much. Like they're considered athletes now, and they these days. Whereas back in the day, I think it was kind of like a, a play hard, work hard, yeah. play hard, and yeah. as long as you did your job on the pitch and you turned up to training, yeah, they were relatively treated you like adults, our, our I guess. Our typical day, our typical day would be we'd go in for training, so you've got to start training at ten, so we could stroll in about half nine, quarter to ten, as long as you're ready, got your kit on, I've been washed. We'd normally train across the road, mm. Jubilee Park, or Oxford Park as it's called. Mm -hmm. And then we do a couple of hours maybe. Didn't have a gym then. You know, the, the actual tiny little gym was half the size of this room. And it was like a couple of weights yeah. and a couple of leg weights. There's no, there nothing like it is now. No. So you train, come out, then Nine or ten of us would go down to the Black and White Cafe in uh, Grangetown. Yeah. Go in there, have a big fry up. Now, we had a day off the next day. We'd all go out. So we'd literally have a big fry up there. We'd all go to um, the Beverly. Mm. Eddie would know we're in there because he'd have a phone call from the landlord. He'd come in, have a couple of points for us. So he would also say then, like, where are you off now, boys? Mm. So like ten of us straight into town, go to the bank, go to Henry's, go to whatever. And Eddie would say, "Well, where are you going to be about like seven o'clock?" I'll try and get away from Marlion. Mm -hmm. So he would. He'd, he'd end up finding us, and he'd just be over us having a drink. We'd end up in the wine press. Mobile phones then? No. Pre-mobile phones. So how does he find you? He knew everyone, Eddie. Mm. I think. Orange phones had just come out. Yeah, maybe. I was going to say. The one with the like pull-up thing yeah. and all that. We were all given one by General Communications. So, <laughs> But we'd end up in, in the wine press. Yeah. Until 2, 3 in the morning. We'd have a day off. But the funny thing was about it is that if you're out in Cardiff, you bump into fans. Of course, so yeah. You, I, I, many a time I, I've been you know, stood there having a wee, leaning <laughs> against the wall, to drink, and this bloke beside me has gone, all right there, how's it going? I'm going to Doncaster on Saturday. You're <laughs> all the best. I'm like, okay. See yeah. So we we go back in Thursday, train to the five side Friday, travel the game, Doncaster away. But you'd have you'd be playing, 
you know, so many, it's particularly January, mm. the, the season we got promoted as champions. January, say it was January. If you're playing, you might be one all, one nil down, and you'd hear this bloke shout for you. Right, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> and you look up and you go, oh shit, he's the one who's out on the piss next to yeah. And you go, come on, son, we can do this. <laughs> and they, they would actually spool you on. Yeah. So we'd end up winning, we'd normally end up winning games. And then back on the bus, Eddie'd stop at Asda's, loads of crates singing on the bus. But the difference now is that, you, you know, players have come out, consider come out Carlos City Stadium now. You've got five or six security lads. Yeah, they're separated so, from the fans, aren't they? They sign an autograph yeah, and they're gone. I mean, the, the, the security they are lads good. are brilliant. You know, the players are brilliant, but they'll sign their things and they'll have their own private car park. You won't find nine or ten of them going to, you know, Weatherspoons in town. Yeah. Because of social media now. Yeah, camera you know, phones and, and camera stuff. Camera phones and everything. Because people want to stitch people up now, doesn't it? Yeah, so, and that's the problem, isn't it? I yes. say I, I say myself, I'm so glad that when I was a kid, like a teenager, like 17, 18, I am so glad there wasn't really oh. camera phones, like because I'd have got myself into so much trouble with cameras and social media and stuff. And I, you know, I wasn't a footballer; I didn't have any sort of profile. Yeah. But I, I know the stuff that I was doing at those ages because I'm like everybody else. You do. You met when you make your mistakes, isn't it? In the four years I was at Cardiff City, we used to go out at least what once, twice a week as a group of players. But I it, think that's important, Dale, as well, it, it, it to is build team sport, like, team it spirit. Is. Teams do it now. You see teams now. They go. They fly to Dublin. Mm. You know, as a group, or they go fly somewhere else to Newcastle. So they get out of the, the city because there is too many people here trying to trip people up. Mm. And that's not. It's not a Cardiff City fan problem. It's not. A it's, man, a, you know, it's, it's a people it's not, problem, isn't it? It's, they just are look at me so they can share on Twitter or on WhatsApp and say, yeah. "Look who I've just like, like." They want cracked, the likes and basically. all this and that. No, no, yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, if it was around an hour day. We probably wouldn't have had the same freedom. crack of but freedom. Do you know what I mean? Then, then it'd be the same now. If, if I can transport myself to being a player now, I'd never be able to go out. Well, that's why so many of them stay in, isn't it? And they have, they, you know, they'll have people over to the houses, and and you know, yeah, they'll do it that way because it's it's less stressful, isn't it? Like, there's um, oh, it was a there was someone recently who was saying he was oh, there, oh who was it? I can't remember. It was someone. Not particularly famous, someone like, you know, well known, say. Yeah. And he said, like, he was out, out having food with his missus, and he'd gone, he'd been out the night before, so he was hungover, and then he'd gone, um, gone to the loo. And he thought, oh, my stomach's hurting, gone to the toilet. And this guy, as he was going into the cubicle, had said, oh, I met you, oh, do you mind if I have a photo? And he's gone, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem, but can we wait till I'm out of the toilet? Like, and I'll come out and I'll, you know, I'll yeah. take a photo or sign, whatever. So he went in the cubicle and the guys stayed outside the cubicle, like talking to him and, and waiting for him to have a photo. And he's like, Jesus, like, I, 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 don't, I don't understand that, like, that mentality of, I get wanting to meet your heroes and stuff. And like, I've been lucky enough that I get to meet and speak to people like yourself who I grew up watching play football for Cardiff and stuff like that. And I love it. It, every time it, it's exciting and it's thing, but like I don't get the mentality of like harassing someone to for a photo or for like when they're with their family or yeah. their kids. I don't understand I, I, it. To be honest, I, I I get it more now in terms of people asking me for a selfie 
Yeah. Because obviously there's no phones then. It's easier, isn't it, to do? But like, you know, I've been out with my daughter, I've been out with my girlfriend, and, you know, if I go out in Carnival or whatever, and someone, like, say to me, they go, all right, Derek, how are you doing? And, like, I hate it, because, like, I don't know the person's name. Yeah. And I go, all right, mate. And it's nothing worse. And then I have to say, sorry, do I? No. Yeah. I, was, I used to watch it back in the day and all that. But still people come up and say, can I have, can I have, do you want to have a selfie? Or can you sign this for me? Or people I've worked with, like they go, um, is your second name Brazil? I went, yeah. They go, oh, my dad used to work. Can you speak to my dad on the phone? <laughs> I've done that quite often when I've like, spoke to him on the phone. Like, you know, the, the dads are in the That's really eight. uncomfortable, that is, for I me. I don't find it uncomfortable. But I think... I find it, like, for me, it's not uncomfortable. I like it. Because yeah. at the end of the day, someone remembers you and they're fond memories. You're making their day as well, aren't you? Like, like the amount of people I've spoke on the phone or FaceTime, I've got with WhatsApp now. It's like, yeah, yeah, and just go, All right, and, go, and like, I spoke to like, lads in the, you know, lads, you know, people in the late 70s, and, and they go, oh, I, you, they go, you haven't changed. Mm-hmm. They're half blind anyway. Yeah. But like, if, if it makes someone's day, of course, it don't yeah. bother me. Like, I, 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 I'd probably struggle at the moment if the social media was like it was, is now, back mm. now. If, if I was playing now, because I like to go out and have a good time. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'd probably have to curb that quite a lot. Well, it's different, isn't it? mine. Yeah, well, right. people would try and chip you up, wouldn't they? They try and catch yeah. you out when you're falling about or you're doing yeah. it. Like, <clears throat> was there anyone who didn't um, kind of join the group? when you would go out like as a team and stuff, was there people who just wasn't their sort of thing or they would prefer to be, you know, kind of um, a bit isolated? Yeah, Not necessarily in a bad way, just like... No, like, like Stanley Just wasn't their thing. Stanley kept himself to himself. Um, who else probably wouldn't come out? Stanley's the one who he would probably, you know, just didn't fancy it. Not so much he didn't fancy it. I don't even much of a drinker, really, Stanky. And he was a bit of a loner. Mm. But I think he was like that on the pitch as well. He was very self-centred of, of what he wanted to do. And even though he looked like he was a team player, Stanky was one of these lads who was like, his sole thing was, I want to play football, I want to score goals. Yeah. And anything else, that he kind of kept himself to himself. So, you know, he, he, was, he did brilliant for the club, Interesting, Stanky. Interesting, that is. But he was one of them, like, you know, you see celebrations, you think, yeah, he's probably one of the boys. Like, yeah. No, he didn't. He was, he was. It's interesting, isn't it? Because, like, you see him, he, like, he looks like one of those who's working hard all the time and, and like, what you would stereotype as, like, a team, he a was, team player. He was like, a team, but, but, but I think as soon as he left, say, the ground or changing rooms or, or training. It was kind of the end of the day, was it? He was quite happy to quite, you know, go home type of thing. Oh, he was mm. quite happy to go home as well, but, like, no, I know what you mean, yeah. Out there, so. mm-hmm. But you yeah, have your usual mob, like Paul Miller and Dale, Jason like Perry, Damon Sale, Mickey Richardson, you know. So, we, you know, there was... Good, it was, it was, good group. Yeah, it was... At well, four o'clock in the morning, it didn't seem like a good group. No. Or a good idea. Well, that's it. It never does, does it? It doesn't now. Especially so. when you've got training. Well, we've got a reunion coming up soon as well, so... Yes. It's going to be yeah, good, though, isn't it's it? Gonna be, it's going to be 20 years this, God, this year. 30 years, Jesus. That's I know, such I, I, a long I, I, time, though. 20 years, where, where's that gone? I mean, when I it look at it, I just think... It flies by, though, doesn't it? A week sometimes, like if, I, if I've got something on in a week, then I think, 
Mm. But towards the years, it's like it's it just goes. Like my daughter now, like my daughter's eleven. She started playing football a couple of years ago. She played for Cork Roman FC, mm. and she's a defender. So I've tried to say to her, "Do you want some one-on-one coaching?" No, you're right. Mm-hmm. No, you're not right. But I can see the similarities how she plays yeah. as well. She's, but um, when I go out, sometimes I take her out somewhere. She, someone comes up and says, "Oh, can I have a selfie?" She's like quite embarrassed. She's like, like that. But yeah, I suppose it's because it's before her, before her time, oh, isn't it? Yeah. So she doesn't quite get it. Like she just sees you as dad. Yeah. Why is, is why is this? She's quite surprised, but she she is quite proud as well because obviously her mum's Welsh, mm. I'm Irish. But if Ireland are playing Wales in, in rugby or football, she will support Ireland. Mm, daddy's girl. I, well, I, I don't know if it's Daddy's dad. girl, but she's she is she's like that. But she's also like. She said she was in school one day and she, she read this Wales Online thing. Mm. It was a story about, um, I did some stuff for the homeless. Right, there yeah, was a okay. picture of me and her in Panar. And um, she read it all. And at the bottom it says, leave a comment. And she just put in, that's my dad. Oh, bless her. I know, which is quite... Uh, that's that's, that's all you need, isn't it? Yeah. So. Um, what's your best favourite uh, pre-season tour you've ever done? Naturally. I think we only went on one. So who was that with? Cardiff or United? Cardiff City. We went for 10 days. <laughs> right. I'd we, be dead if I went to no, Ireland we went on a pre-season tour for, for, for 10 days. days mate. So it was Eddie's idea mm. because um, the Cardiff City, there's a Cardiff City supporters branch in Dublin. Of course, yeah. Run by, run by um, Rob. Oh, God. He writes for the sun. His name will come back to me. Um, so he organised. I'm going to have to bleep that name out now. You don't have to. What? The Sun. Alright, bleep it out. <laughs> Just give me extra a, work. A newspaper, a tabloid yeah. paper. Yeah, yeah. So, um, he organised it. He yeah. organised the games and everything. Now, we have no idea who we're playing. <laughs> so he's organised the game. Yeah, Eddie, no problem. Sort the games out. Come over. Oh, Jesus. So, we've got the ferry over. Right, we didn't fly. So we've got a 16-man squad. Eddie, the coaches. I think Eddie's missus come as well. It was just one of them. It was just like jolly up. Okay. Yeah, just. Uh... So we got there. I remember just getting there. We were going drinking on the boat. There was Cardiff City fans on the boat. It was just carnage. Well, Cardiff fans follow you wherever, oh, don't they? Didn't matter if it's pre-season or what. So we played one game in Kilkenny, and the pitch was just full of cow pap. It was. Oh, I remember Eddie thinking. I mean, you one all or something. It was like. Yeah. Ridiculous. Then we played another game, can't remember. Then we went to Donegal. Donegal was the most memorable, memorable bit of it. Because we had a game that, um, say it was a Friday. Thursday, Eddie said, go out, have a couple of points, boys. Explore Donegal. But we got a game tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock. Oh, jeez. Okay, so we said, all right then. So, out we went. I think it was me, Nicky Richardson and Paul Miller. So we went out, just walked down there, the middle of nowhere, found this Irish pub, gone in there, four, five, six points of Guinness. There's a dartboard, <coughs> and there's one dart. <laughs> so we're playing one, okay, write that down. <coughs> so we're playing that. Mm. So anyway, six or seven points now, better go back. Because mm-hmm. we'll be, so anyway, we'll 11 o'clock tomorrow. We come back, if we're back about six o'clock that night, we've got a game the next day. So, and Tony Bird was with us as well. So we come back there, 
So I was sitting at the dinner table, and I brought up a meal, and like, Eddie comes in, and he goes, he look, comes over to us, and I'm like, which one I like? Mm-hmm. Comes over, he goes, all right, boys, um, good afternoon. And I was like, oh. And Nicky Richardson was probably the poshest out of like, we had me and Paul Miller, who were like, Irish, mm. couldn't hide it. Nicky's going, yeah, yeah, we just, yeah, yeah, we just went for a walk along the seafront and all mm-hmm. that, like, whatever. He said, all right, then, okay. He said, hey, you forgot your dart. <coughs> He'd been, he, came, he went to the pub after us, and the bloke had said to him, all three of your lads were in there. Yeah, they had about six or seven points. He said, give me the dart. He just put the dart on the table like that. Busted. But Tony Bird, it only come out for a little bit. He, he messed it up the next day. So the next day, 11 o'clock, he said, we're leaving at 10. I said, leaving at 10? He said, yeah, the game's only 20 minutes away. He said, it's a bit late. Anyway, I'm not in the room in the morning. And we, it's next to the sea. And I can see this jet ski going up and down. There's Tony Bird on a jet ski. Jesus. Out in the middle of the sea, <laughs> half hour before we're supposed to leave. And someone had told Eddie. He dropped it, didn't play him. It was, it was, it was mental. And I don't even remember the ferry back. It was 10 days. And then I think- it's 10 days a long time. Yeah. Three games. I mean, I don't even think we trained. That's how like- Just a jolly it was like. Yeah, it was a jolly. Yeah, it was a jolly. But that's what tours are, tours are for everyone End else, End of season it? tours, yeah, but this is pre-season yeah, tour. Yeah, getting ready for the season, I suppose, yeah. isn't it? It's not, it's Brutal. not ideal, is it? Brutal. What about, um, you mentioned, um, like, obviously I had Lee Jarman in here a couple of weeks ago. Um, talk to me a little bit about him as a footballer, because, like, my memory of him as a player is quite, I think it's quite, uh, quite mixed, like, quite confused, just because mm-hmm. I was so young. But, like, I just remember him being very, very good. And, like, he told, told me the story about, like, how towards, when he was about 18, 19, Towards the end of that season, he had um, he had captained the side for like four games, the last four games of the season or whatever, and then he'd signed a new contract. So he'd gone away in the summer. Like this is you know mm. things are starting to really kick on in my career now, and then he come back and Frank Burrows didn't speak to him for six months, and he didn't. He still to this day doesn't really know why. Like oh there you are. What's Frank Burrows like then? Because that was to me that was really weird, and but like Lee speaks. He said he quite liked Frank, Frank Burroughs, but to me, that would sour it because, like, because of what happened in that six months where Lee started to have a beer and stuff on a Friday, his mm. career didn't perhaps go in the, the way it would have gone because he was, you know, he was linked with some big clubs and stuff oh, like that previously. Frank Burroughs, I just talked on him. Frank was a tough man. Mm. Tough man. Um, typical Scottish fella. He could just change his mind. He changed his mind on somebody. But with, with, with Jammer, I mean, Lee Jammer was ahead of his time. Yeah. Lee Jammer, I remember, like, I think he was injured at the time. I played with Lee a few times. We played at Fulham as well together. We got one, two, and I lost two. Mm. But I remember like, watching Lee when I was injured. Do you know, like, like now, like, you watch a Premier League game, keeper gets it, and you've got the two centre backs will stand either side. And they just roll her out. Yes. Like in our day, that would never happen. No, no, it was long ball. Yeah, it was just literally kick it out, or maybe kick it out to the left back, right back. Yeah. As a centre back, you just push up, kick it out. You weren't looking for the ball, were you? You were. Whereas Lee, right? He, he was one of these. I remember watching a game once. It was like a night game. Keeper got it. 
and he come to the edge of the box mm -hmm. and he wanted it on the edge of the box and he could ping a ball mm. he could he could play get it play it to the winger but that frightened managers yeah because it wasn't done it wasn't done then mm. he'd want to get it off the keeper like just outside the six yard box to try and play into midfield to go to that Jamal yeah. wasn't happy with like running up okay just watching watching the ball go. Play. Mm. so you see him now he would have been more suited to today's, today's game, game. And mm, then, definitely. And when he started doing that, I think a lot of Cardiff City fans like, "What's he doing? What's he doing?" Like, yeah, well, of course. He'd never lose the ball. He'd always pass it to somebody. They might lose it, which yeah. means it kind of goes back to you. Yeah. yeah. But he always wanted to play, and like maybe Frank Burrows had seen that and thought, "Oh, hang on, that's a little bit risky, son." Mm. But that's why, like, people like Liverpool were looking at him at the time because he, he was a ball playing centre back. Yeah. You know, he, he, Things with Lee, and I, I spoke to Lee a few times. Is that if he had added stuff to his game for a tall lad, he wasn't great in the air. Mm. You know, he wanted everything on the floor, on the deck, and he could he could drop the shoulder, pass to this way, pass the great footballer. Probably wasted as a centre back in them days. Whereas yeah. now, be perfect for perfect for him. Yeah. So yeah, I think um, like he said, he just he got into bad habits where he wasn't playing. So he wasn't because he, yeah, he wasn't in the squad. Yeah, he's just to go. No, he didn't say where. He, he just in, did not. No, he didn't know. You just dropped him. It was me, in. him, Charlie Oatway, and a few others. We used to go to the Rat and Carrot. Ah, uh, right, good. If you weren't in the squad, stay yeah, there yeah. for a while. Just look at the menu. See what's see what's See what food there. was on. And just you know. A few beers. Just a couple, maybe just a couple of looseners. Yeah, that's the way, mate. So what's um. Four years you've done at Cardiff, wasn't it? Four years as a player, and then I went back there for um, two and a half, three years as a community coach. Where'd you go from Cardiff? Went to Newport uh, AFC at the time, so three-year contract. That was part-time. I was 27 at the time, so which something I don't I don't realise sometimes when I talk about it is that I come over from Ireland at 17. Mm. So for Man United, at the age of 27, 10 years, I dropped out of professional football. But it worked out better in the end for me because I'd had a few injuries and signed for Newport, which is part-time, but I also set up the community scheme for them. Yeah. So I was doing that during the, during the week and playing for them. I was there for two years, then I went to Halford West um, as a player. And then I had a bad injury on my knee then. Um, what did you do with me? I, I, think, I don't know, do you know what, to this day I still don't know what it was. I think it, it was a split patella and just it was stitched and then it was boshed up. And, and then I kind of made a comeback then, played for um, Cardiff Draconians. Yeah. Jacks. Yes. Then I played for Court Rawling, Sporting Court Rawling then. Mm. Um, scored 17 goals that season, right? Yeah. Take you when playing centre centre back then, were you? No, I was playing centre mid. Oof. Box to and box. In goal. If we'd had a hangover, it was in goal. Yeah. So um, box to box midfield. And then yeah. I went back to um, Halfway West as a manager then for four years. So that's when Tom Ramos said I signed Tom yeah. as a player. So did you um, enjoy the management side of things? I did um, for the first two years or so. Um, but then I got to a point of that it wasn't great budget for for you know, yeah, well, players. Football and that, yeah. And then you're arguing over someone over a tenner for signing next season. 
when they're not even worth 150 you're giving them mm. and they want a tenner otherwise they'll go to come out of them and then you're, you're ringing up players every day do you feel frustrated i guess oh, massively frustrated and it was like i'd ring players you training tonight no i can't make it okay uh you ready for, you're okay for saturday yeah yeah it'll be fine it was constant on the phone all the time, but sometimes no return. Yeah, and I guess when it's constant, if they've got um, like day jobs and stuff, they can't always be got hold of in a day. So what you find is you're constantly on the phone day oh. and night. So you never get a bit of a break from it that was, yourself, was, do you? I just got my phone bill was ridiculous at the time. And I, I think it came to a head when my daughter was born. And yeah. then for a few months after that, I was like, I really need this. Mm. I really need this. Do you think you would have liked to have gone like properly into sort of management and coaching and like a, at a professional level, or are you kind of happy? With um, I was quite because of my like home life at the time. I was quite happy to to stay in Welsh League. Yeah. If the opportunity had arisen, I mean, I had an opportunity to go to Qatar oh, to manage a yeah. team out there, but obviously my, my daughter at the time was like only two. Oh. My wife. Not she, ideal, is it? No, she didn't want to go out there. It was a ma- it was a brilliant deal for a couple of years. What an experience it, it would have been. Oh yeah, but it was it's wrong time. Wrong time. And um I had an opportunity to go and join Man United's coaching staff in the community scheme. Okay. And again, wrong time. And I got to the stage then I just because I'd started coaching at twenty seven at Newport, mm. um that become when I finished football, that become my career for twenty years coaching in schools and my own business, doing PE after school clubs. Then it, it went into um, after dinner speaking, um, stuff like that, so. Do you enjoy them after dinner speaking and stuff? I do, I do enjoy them. I, 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 I've done quite a few now and they're quite intimate as well in terms of like, I talk about Man United for the first hour, then I do 20 minutes on private life and things that have happened to me in my career. Mm. But I think it's important that people understand because uh, on my shows I've actually said to, I've said things that people are quite shocked about. I've talked about nights out and this, that and the other, like married, what? divorces. But I've told them other stuff which are not connected to football. Mm. And I've had people come up to me afterwards and say, oh my God, like, so being a footballer is not all it's cracked out to be. Yeah. And, and, and like what you've gone through, he's, the lad said to me, what you've gone through, I'm going through at the moment. So it's really encouraging to, to know that. Humanises you, doesn't it? Especially oh, yeah, for people like, who kind of put you on a pedestal of being like a bit of a hero. People have told me, like, you know, I've spoken to people like Norman Whiteside and Brian Robson, and they've said, don't tell him. I said, well, like, it's real, though. it's part of, yeah. part of me. And, and they've had more better feedback from that. Um, I've told, obviously, the thing is, Odell, right, is if you went and done those um, after-dinner things and you were, you kind of, you're fake. Not fake, oh. but like you're telling the stories about the football, but then you're kind of, people see through it. People, yeah. people can tell when they're speaking or the person is speaking to them and when it's someone who's got just a prepared dialogue of yeah, stuff some, in it. some of your stuff is prepared. You no, know, no, I know that, but you know what I mean, do yeah, you? Like, yeah, it's, I, it's the real person yeah. as opposed to... Not a character, but like a, a press persona, if you like. It, it is. People like, see I, through that. Just before lockdown, um, a chap in Ireland has asked me to whether I write a book. Mm. And it's, it's, it, it was more along the lines of like, I agreed to it. 
it's not the lines of like say if you buy a Robbie Keane book yeah Robbie Keane it's like this when he was growing up he was young he did this he was brilliant at this he did this he won this he won this he won this so this chap approached me and said we don't really want to do it like that because obviously right you know, Robbie Keane or Roy Keane have bigger names than you they could mm. just screenshot stuff from the internet to just put them there so I said what would you like to do and I said well look you know if I'm going to, if I'm going to write a book I want it warts and all he said perfect so he said because we could base it on like you were the big thing leaving Ireland at 17 within 10 years you were playing for Newport yeah. no disrespect to Newport but you were playing yeah of course you know semi-pro so it would be what happened to you in those years you know it's not all roses in the garden mm. the things have happened to me married divorced and all that and blah 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 so I said to him yeah I'd agree to that on one condition and he said well, what's that I said I want to put everything in the book and he went that's fine fine with that I said but I don't want to do it until my daughter's 18 or 19 so okay. what was she now I said well she at the time she was what 8 mm. he went okay fair enough 10 years yeah. so I've spoke to him recently and he said he's still keen on it but it'll be just a case of like Getting like I've even said to me ma I said to me ma I said I'd probably have a book coming out in the next six or seven years ma she said do I need to read it <laughs> I said probably not yeah. so but I mean it's, it's something it's something yeah, to yeah. find but if you're going to tell a story you tell a story and that's what I'm saying about when I do my shows which I really enjoy I probably only do four or five a year but um, you couldn't bear in your soul in terms of what yeah. they want to say to people but whether it shocks them whether it doesn't it's me you know, and my close friends know what I've been through. Mm. Um, you know, and, and I've, I've had a great life. I've got a great daughter. You know, I've got a great girlfriend. I still get on really well with her mom. You know, and, and this, but there's other stuff that that's happened to me that I think people should know because mm. if they're going through that, I know I'm sounding no, crazy. No, 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 no. I know what you mean. They're going through that. Can I help? Can I? It, you know, if it helps one or two people. Hundred percent, mate. You know, I um, I say it probably a couple of times a month. Like when I talk, because my missus will say to me, or you sometimes you talk about too much of like what you've been through or what you've got, you know, what's going on with you or something. Just she says, you know, just sometimes I wish you would just kind of keep a bit. But I say like my thing is, is if there's one person who's watching that and they're watching me like do a show with Rodri Giggs or. Derek Brazil or whoever, and then we start talking about, or oh, we're struggling a bit at the moment, or whatever it may be, and they think, oh, so am I. Yeah. Then wicked. That's what that what that one person meant. It was worth it. Well, and yeah, there's so many people. I mean, we're getting very deep. I know, but some people like if they're in a certain position, say it's mental health or whatever. That person feels so alone, and like, yeah. you do think it's just you, but then when you when you find out that other people who and I know this from a fact of that I've spoken to someone about mental health. I did a, a thing on BBC Radio about it a while back. Is that someone, I, I, when I did that on the radio, I wasn't particularly talking about myself, but I was mm. in certain ways. That when, when you come out of football, when I came out of professional football, I had no doctor, I had no dentist. I, I couldn't fill out a form in terms of like going for a driving licence. This was all done for me. Mm. This was all done for me. And you do get into that thing of like being up there, 
and all of a sudden now you're down there and other people don't think you're down there people no. don't value you and not down there mm. but you you do because you think you I've got this thing to keep up yeah so people think I'm like that and I mean the job I'm in now is, is, is perfect like for me in terms of what I like, working with kids now and, and, and care homes and to give something back and to affect them at the ages that are now hmm. um, because it was difficult for me even though I was 17 I'd never been on a plane before I was going to say there must have been um, <coughs> obviously not only did you leave it's such like my, my oldest boy is 17 now mm. and like I look at him and I think oh, I think about him now and I think Jesus like his age you were going to Ireland on a plane to go and sign with Man United yeah and your parents and your family and whatever must they have been a bit like, over to, yeah. Man United offered to move them over, but I actually turned around and said to my man and I said no, because I had three brothers and sister. They were mm. all like, you know, said no. It's a lot of uprooting. Said, no, it? don't don't do that for me. And I'll, you know, I, I, I made, I made lots of mistakes and all, but I wouldn't I wouldn't change it because make sure you are. Yeah, I've, I've learned from the mistakes I've done. Mm. I say I've learned. I've learned from the big mistakes I've done. I still make little mistakes now. Everybody makes mistakes, so don't but they? I just think, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't, it's who you are, isn't it? Like, mm. No one goes through life being, like, perfect, even though some people think they are. They, they put it out on social media that they are as well, don't they? They, well, I, yeah, they well, love that. The people who know me, you know, who, who dearly know me, know some of the struggles I've, I've had. Mm. Some of them my own fault, mm. and some, like, that I've caught, got caught up in, or it's just been because it's been. Shit, shit happens, yeah, basically. Yeah, like, you know, I, would, I wouldn't change anything. And I think doing the, the after dinner speaking is, is, and doing stuff like this, is, is quite um, therapeutic in a way that, like, you can kind of relay it to people yeah. and, and, and see their reaction. Um, and then you speak to people after the shows, and, you know, and they're quite complimentary about they'll say stuff like, oh, I didn't know you played with that person, didn't know you played with that person, I didn't know, didn't know you knew that person, didn't realise you went through that. Mm. That was never in the newspapers, it's what it wouldn't be. No. So. Just call me Dr. Sai. Dr. Sai. No. Someone asked me the other day, right? A lad I work with, he said, um, who's the best three players you've ever played against and the best three you've ever played with? Are you going to ask me that now? No, I've, I think I asked there you, you before. Go. go on, you've got to say it again. Go on, tell me the answer, though. Well, it was only the other day, and I was actually thinking about it. Like, like, one of the answers that I should have said, like, one of the best players, the three best players I've ever played, was Paul McGrath, mm. absolute legend of a man. Robbie James, when he was at Cardiff City, he was only there for a year, but he was amazing. So good. And, and I would say, there's millions, and he's got gigs, and he's got, like, but I would say Brian Robson or Bobby Charlton. Bobby Charlton, now he's way older than me. Yeah. But I played for Man United in Switzerland, and, uh, and he'd come as a director. He would have been on 50. And he played the second half. No I way. Remember, I was only the day I was in the car, his name came up on the radio. And um, I got the ball off the keeper and passed it to him. Oh, mate. He passed it back to me. Then I passed it back to him. <laughs> and he got caught in possession, because he was Bobby Charlton to pass it back yeah. to him. He should have gone right. But you wanted to pass the ball to Bobby Chow. I remember telling me that. I said, Dad, he says, That's, he was, he loved Bobby Chow. I played with Bobby Chow today. It was only the other day I actually was like, amazing that, on the radio. It? I thought, shit. That's wicked, though, that he's like 50 and he just fancied oh, the game. I'm still playing now. Nah, he loves her. 
And the three best players against Rutole. He was tough. Um, probably a lad, you don't know, Billy Whitehurst. Mm. An animal. Played for Hull. And um, Gary Lineker. Some names there, mate, isn't there? But he, he was, I played for Swansea against Gary Lineker. He scored a hat-trick against me. I couldn't even see him. Gone. Couldn't even see him. Uh, people write him off as a goal hanger, don't they? But he's oh. much better, much better than that. Much, much Moving more talented. I think he's uh, he's one of those players who kind of is vastly underrated because he scored. scored hundreds and hundreds of goals. Score goals. Mm. I got one. Yeah, he's a good one, though, wasn't he? Oh, great one. Talk me through it. Well, finish us off with we this. We were five 0 down, <laughs> <laughs> and Terry Arthur. <laughs> Sent us out on the pitch after like five minutes. Mm. It was Terry Ora's fault, really, because he played. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Three at the back. He played me and Lee Badley, either side of Mark Hazelwood, who was like 72 at the time. Yeah. And they absolutely tore us apart with final down. So he brought us in. He said, right, you shower or whatever. Back out. So we had to stand on the pitch and, and the... Huddersfield fans were ruining us. We were standing there in the freezing you know, yellow kit. And anyway, game happened. The ball came out, and I was on the edge of the box. Ball came across. I've chested it on the edge of the box, and scissor kicked it. Bit like Mark Hughes' goal for Wales, top corner. Beautiful. And I'd never scored for Cardiff Valley, so I'd run behind the goal where our fans were, and I've gone, get in there, and that kiss in the badge. And then one blow went five one. <laughs> Finds one down. Get back. So I'm running back. But then I did score during the week then against Riska. Ah, there we go. The Cup. Beat him 9 1. Scored a 40 yarder. Two, two goals. No two, two absolute no classics. Me scoring that volley. No. But, but it did happen. Be, Huddersfield TV must have it. But it did happen. did happen. Because I've had to be in the street. Ah, right. Just on my way here, this bloke wanted to <laughs> Excuse me, can you tell me the way to Bill Street, please? <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought you were going to ask me about my goal against yeah. Huddersfield. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it? Against Huddersfield, scissor kick, and a 40-yarder against Risker. Yeah. I will, I'm going to hunt them down, mate. You, see won't, you probably won't, won't find them. No. So um, I've been joined by the, uh, the original rock and roller, Mr. Derek Brazil. Well, Still going. Always a pleasure, my friend. Yeah, always a pleasure. It was nice really? to see you in the flesh. I know. It makes a difference, doesn't it? It's better oh, I just know. have a chat. Like, mm. really because the last time I was on with you, I went off, didn't I? Oh, yeah, because we didn't want just me and you, didn't we, before? Yeah. And then, then you come on with me and Andy, and yeah. your connection was being gone, funny, and you just disappeared, just like disappeared halfway through like a sentence. Like a ghost in the night, he was I gone. Still here. There we go, mate. Um, top man. Derek Brazil. There we go. All the best. See you soon at 22. Indeed. Subscribe, youtube.com slash acepodcastnation. Follow on social media, all that good stuff. And uh, also check out manscaped.com. Use the code ACENATION for 20% off and free shipping. Ta.
Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.